reaching Israel and the world. Baruch Hashem, beloved ones. That's Hebrew for bless the name of the Lord. So good to be with you today via television and other media sources through discovering the Jewish Jesus. Honey, I think about the growth that I've seen in your life, even as you've seen so much growth in my life after being married now for close to 40 years. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I've observed in you is that you grew up with a very good father, but he was, he was very stern when you were growing up. And because of that sternness, you know, a lot of times you kept your emotions and your feelings and your thoughts to yourself. But as you grew up and, and matured in the Lord, you began to be much more expressive and much more transparent. And today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to be open and transparent with God. What would you say to our viewers about that concept? Oh, one of the biggest things I've had to work on in my life is being more communicative, being more verbal. And the Lord showed me that He is He is the Word. He's a speaking mm, God. That's good. And so He's been so helpful to help me to give words to my feelings, my emotions. And I know that's what He wants us to do when we communicate with Him, to be verbal because He's a speaking God. That's really, that's a beautiful word, hon. Jesus said that the Father is looking for us to worship Him in spirit and in truth. You can be open and honest and truthful with God. We're digging deep into the Gospel of John in a series that I'm calling Mysteries from the Gospel of John. This is actually the fifth season in this series. I encourage you to go back, watch the other episodes. You can view them through the information on our website. I'm going now to the fourth chapter and I'm picking up where I left off last week. Last week I ended with Jesus' statement where he said to the woman at the well, salvation is from the Jews. It was a very unique message and very important. I really highlighted it and kind of brought out what does that mean for us today that salvation is from the Jews. I'm not going to go back and review that. Again, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. I'm going to pick up now in the next verse. Yeshua said in the 23rd verse to this woman, he said, an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. I pointed out in the last episode that we had two separate kind of channels that Yeshua was ministering. On the one hand, he was telling her that the revelation of God to the world has come through the physical lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's come through the Jewish people. But then he went on to say, but those that worship the Father will worship him, neither in this mountain where you Samaritans worship, or even necessarily in Jerusalem. But those that truly enter in to a heart-to-heart -heart communion with the Father will need to do so, not from a geographical place, but in the Spirit. Listen again what Yeshua said. An hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for such the Father seeks to be his worshipers. I want to talk with you about worshiping God in the Spirit. 
How do we do that? The first thing that we have to understand is that to worship God in the spirit, we have to be authentic. We have to be real. I mean, some of us have been so kind of caught in a religious trap, a religious mode, that the only prayers that we pray are prayers that we were taught when we were children, are taught in church that are memorized prayers. And of course, some memorized prayers can be very powerful and very articulate and they're very doctrinally sound. But to enter in, beloved, to deep waters, we need to bear our soul to the Lord. We need to open our heart to Him. We need to talk with Him as a man speaketh to a friend talking with him about our deepest fears, our deepest insecurities, our deepest confusion, our deepest desires. We need to bear our soul to him because he can only come into that place that we've opened up to him. And if we just have these religious prayers that we're saying and don't open up our hearts to him and disclose to him who we really are, he can't come in and dwell with us in a deeper way. We need to hide nothing from God. After all, he already knows everything. But he can only come in as we bring him in. You see, there's a mystery about our relationship with Hashem. There's a mystery about our relationship with God. Our God knows everything. He's everywhere. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient, he knows everything, but he only comes in and dwells where he's invited. He is a gentleman. He can intrude anytime he wants to, and he does that at times. But in terms of the type of relationship that he's looking to have with us, you and I who he created in his own image, there needs to be a partnership involved. He's not looking for a robot. He's not looking for somebody to force himself on. He's looking for somebody that desires him. The word of God said that his eyes are looking to and fro across the world, looking for somebody who's wholly devoted to him so he can show himself strong to that person. You see, the unique thing about human beings, the thing that separates us from the animal kingdom is the ability of consciousness that we have, our ability to be conscious, and our ability to choose. Let me say that again. What makes humankind unique? What is it about you and I that's unique from all of God's other creations? Two things. Number one, it's our awareness. The fact that we have consciousness, that we can analyze, we can discern at a level of awareness that no other animal can do. And then secondly, it's the ability that we have to choose. You see, animals can choose to eat this or eat that, but I'm not talking about just survival instincts. I'm talking about a moral quality. I'm talking about a higher quality of consciousness and a deeper ability to choose. The ability that we have to be aware spiritually and the ability that we have to choose makes us unique and defines why we're created, why the scripture says that we're created in God's image. And so the reason the Lord made us this way is he's looking for a partner in love. He wants to love us and he wants us to love him back. But it's not real love if he makes us love him. In order for there to be real love, we have to voluntarily 
choose to love Him. You see, we exist in God because all His creation is upheld by His power, and yet there's a degree, beloved, that we're unique individuals that are separate from God, and we can only be united to Him when we sovereignly choose to be united to Him. And so God is looking for those that will worship Him in spirit and in truth. And in order for us to worship Him in spirit and in truth, we have to make a conscious decision to love Him. And one of the ways we begin to do that is by being more authentic with Him, disclosing ourselves to Him, talking to Him more than we talk to anybody else in life. We should communicate with Him in the Spirit in a deeper way that we communicate to anybody else on the earth, even our spouses. We should be talking to Him all the time. Talking to God is not just talking from our mouth. We can talk to Him out loud from our mouth, and we should. But we can talk to God in our thought life just by being conscious of Him and being conscious that we're being conscious of Him, knowing that He's communing with us in our thought life. We can commune with God in the recesses of our soul in a silent way. We can commune with God from our soul. You see, before Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, he opened up his mouth and he spoke out loud. And he said, Father, I thank you that you hear me. I know you hear me always, but I'm saying this out loud so my disciples will know that you hear me. And then he said, Lazarus, come forth. You see, he prayed to the Father out loud before calling Lazarus out of the tomb so the disciples would hear him talking to the Father. But Jesus said, Father, I don't need to talk out loud to know you hear my prayer. I know you hear me in the inner recess of my soul. I don't have to make it out loud to know you hear me. I know you hear me. You see, sometimes we think the problem is that God is too far away. Conversely, sometimes the real problem is we won't receive how close he really is. He's closer to us than our heartbeat, but we won't open up and let him in. It's a scary thing to be so open, to be so vulnerable, to let him in. He's closer to you than your heartbeat. amazed at how when Rabbi gets up to minister and he begins to minister the word and all of a sudden seeing demonic manifestations just it's not like Rabbi was was preaching anything about the demons or, or Satan sometimes he'll just sing in the spirit and that will prompt the demons to manifest. I think it's the power of the presence of God that comes down from heaven is what I see. It really descends. It's like a, a heaviness from heaven that descends in holiness. And that's why we see these demonic manifestations arise up in the people. The demons are within them. The holiness comes down. They cannot stay. And so that's why they start coming up. 
they start manifesting and they need to flee and they do flee. And the freedom that comes into these people when they uh, get released of these demonic spirits, there's just tears that flow down from their eyes and, and, and a new joy and a new freedom. Is the Lord leading you to help Rabbi Schneider around the world? From teaching pastors and evangelism to large crowds in Africa, South America, the Caribbean and more, to preaching and ministering to God's chosen people in Israel, and a dynamic television ministry, Discovering the Jewish Jesus is reaching the world for Christ. With your support, you'll help send Rabbi to deliver the truth of God's Word to people who may never hear unless you send him. Visit DiscoveringTheJewishJesus.com or call 800-777-7835 to confirm your part in helping Rabbi build up believers in their faith and change lives all over the world. In order to enter into this relationship that is deeply fulfilling this relationship that Jesus said is a relationship so that you'll be satisfied and thirst no more because you were created for relationship. In order to enter in, you need to talk with God. Begin your day, beloved ones, just talking to Hashem. And you know what? He knows you don't feel great all the time. He knows when you're in a bad mood. It's okay. Be honest with Him. Try to discipline yourself to, to choose right in terms of overcoming the negative attitude. Try to count your blessings when you have a negative attitude, looking at the glasses half full rather than half empty. But he knows the way you're feeling, so be honest with him. Ask him to forgive you. Ask him to help you to overcome. Talk to him about your fears. Talk to him about your insecurities. Those things about your spouse that frustrate you. Talk to him about those things, but don't talk to him and then leave it there and let them build. Talk to him and ask you Ask him to help you to, to, to overcome and to love despite the irritation. Beloved, we need to worship in spirit and in truth. And truth, Jesus said, let, let, let's look at the verse again. But an hour is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. What is truth? Truth is when something is seen clearly and accurately. So when you're allowing God into your life as you are, not pretending that you're somebody you're not, not just by talking in religious language, but truth is truth. Truth is when it's clear. It is what it is. It's authentic. So to be in a relationship of spirit and truth, you're going to need to be completely transparent with Hashem, with Father God through Yeshua, and talk to Him about everything. Let Him in. And the more you talk to Him, the closer you'll get, the deeper He'll come in, the more He'll be able to help you and transform you and empower you to overcome and go on to the next level. Verse 24, God is spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. He was called Christ. When that one comes, he will declare all things to us. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. This is a powerful statement. For myself as a Jewish person, to lay claim to this statement that Jesus made, to stake my soul in this statement 
that Jesus made. For me as a Jew, to stake my soul and my heart and my mind and my life in this means that I am absolutely, beloved, swimming upstream, going upstream, because for myself as a Jewish person, I am in such a minority in the Jewish world, because as many of you know, the Jewish community as a whole overwhelmingly has not believed that Jesus, that Yeshua, is the Messiah. But Yeshua said to this woman at the well, when she said the Messiah is going to come, Yeshua said, I, who speak to you, am he. He claimed to be the Messiah. And many of us have heard that famous saying by C.S. Lewis concerning Yeshua. Either he was a liar, he was a lunatic, or he's the Lord. Yeshua plainly said, I who speak to you am he. I am the Messiah. I am the prophesied Messiah that the God of Israel promised to the Jewish people. And I'm the Savior of the world. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but through me. Yeshua's claims were plain, distinct, clear, and exclusive. Either he was a liar, he was deceiving people and he knew he was. He was a lunatic. We've got people in our psychiatric hospitals all over the world that think they're the Christ, they think they're the Messiah, they think they're the Savior. He was a lunatic. Or the third option, he was who he said he was. And we're going to see, beloved one, in the next chapter, John 5, all the witnesses that tell us that Yeshua wasn't a liar. He wasn't a lunatic. He was the Lord. He was the one who he said he was. John the Baptist pointed to him, behold, the Lamb of God. And then the Father's voice spoke, this is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. And then the works that Jesus did, healing the blind, causing the lame to walk. Then the scriptures themselves pointed to Jesus. Jesus is the Messiah and his claims on your life and my life are exclusive. We die to ourself and make him Lord of our own life. Jesus said, unless we pick up the cross and deny ourselves to follow him, the Mashiach, the Messiah, he said, we cannot be his disciple. See, a lot of people, we say we believe, but there are different types of belief. And some of us have confused saving faith, biblical faith, with a faith that is superficial and doesn't save. You see, James told us even the demons believe and tremble. It's not enough to believe that God exists or even that Jesus is the way. The demons believe that. That faith doesn't save. The Bible tells us later in the Gospel of John that Jesus said to those that believed, they already believed, but Jesus said to them, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. It's not enough to believe he's the Messiah. We have to believe he's the Messiah in such a way that it reorders our life, that it turns us upside down, that we forsake everything to follow him, that he becomes the focus and the object and the center of our life. He becomes the one and the thing that we're pursuing in life. Jesus said, I am the Messiah. 
So it's not enough to say that's fantastic. It's like a stake in the ground. And it's like, what are you and I going to do about that? If he is the Messiah, what are we going to do about it? Yeshua is calling for a complete reordering of our priorities. He's wanting our life to be turned upside down. When the disciples, when the apostles went out and preached the gospel in the book of Acts, the scripture says they turned the world upside down. That's what has to happen in our life. There needs to be a revolution, a revolution of our priorities that starts with a revolution of our desire. We pursue him. Because we believe he is the Messiah. He is the one that will give us living water. And as a result of that, we begin to hunger and thirst after him and pursue him, regardless of the cost. Remember, Jesus said to the man that wanted to follow him, it was a man whose father had just died, and he came to Yeshua. He said, I'm going to follow you. I want to follow you. He said, but first, let me go bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury the dead. You follow me and preach the gospel everywhere. And he said, to, he said, he that begins to follow me and looks back is not worthy of me. You see, beloved, when Jesus said, I that speak to you am he, I'm the Messiah, it's just not a claim to celebrate and move on. It's like, what are you and I going to do about it? You see, the cross has been staked in the ground. Yeshua hung on that cross. His arms opened wide. The blood fell from his hands and his feet. The spear went into his side and the blood was shed. And now we have a choice to make. To make him our Lord, to decrease like John the Baptist said about him, I must decrease but he must increase. To make him Lord and begin to pursue him, putting his will first, letting him reorder our lives, let him recreate us because we become new creations in him. All things pass away and all things become new, we can either do that or we can stumble over him, missing the point and ending up getting to the end of our lives where we thought we believed in him. And he says to us, I never knew you. And those that Jesus spoke of in, 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 in the parable, in the gospel, he said, they're going to come to him and say, well, Lord, we, you know, we did all these good works in your name. That we, we gave you, we did all these things. We, Jesus said, I never knew you. How could that be? Because they never really gave their hearts to him. Jesus said, straight and narrow is the way that leads to life. And few that be there find it. And this narrow road, beloved, it has to do with swimming upstream. It means that when you walk down a narrow road, it's hard to walk down the narrow road. It's not just that few people take the road, it's that it's hard to walk down the narrow road in the original language. You're swimming upstream, you're coming against opposition. And so we close today considering Jesus' words when he said to the woman, when she said, you're, the Messiah is going to come, he said to her, I that speak to you am he. I leave you with that statement. What are you going to do about it? Will Jesus truly be your Lord? Many are familiar with the story of the widow that the Lord appointed to feed Elijah during a time of famine. When Elijah approached the widow, he said, give me something to eat. And she said, well, all I have is a little bit of bread and a little bit of oil, and it's enough just for my son and I to eat it. Then we'll have nothing and die. 
Elijah said, just do as I say and go prepare it for me. She obeyed and not only did Elijah have a meal, but it sustained the widow and her son until it was no longer necessary to do so. The point I'm making is something supernatural happened when she entrusted her possessions to the Lord. I believe that the same thing happens in your life and my life when we honor the Lord with our possessions and trust Him with them. I want to encourage you. If the Lord is using this ministry to bless you and feed you, honor Him with your possessions through it, I'm confident that you're going to receive a supernatural blessing back. This is Rabbi Schneider. Thank you. I love you. And Shalom. Here's how you can donate or become a monthly partner. Send your tax-deductible gift to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. Visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com, call 1-800-777-7835, or text the keyword RABBI to 45777. To show our appreciation, we'll send you an audio CD and download of Rabbi's Message of the Month and our most recent newsletter. Your gift is bringing salvation, healing, and deliverance to Israel and the world through television, internet, and crusade outreaches. Finally, many of us have been faithful to the Lord with our finances while living. For those of you who like to remember the Lord in your finances when you go to heaven, click Will and Estate Gifts at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. I'm on the Mount of Olives, and I want to close the broadcast today by speaking the blessing that Father God said should be spoken over his people. In the book of Numbers, chapter 6, the Lord told Moses and Aaron, Speak these words over my people, and I will place my name upon them and bless them. Yavarech Yahweh Ya'er Yahweh Panavelecha Vichunecha Yisa Yahweh Panavelecha Ve'asem Lecha Shalom. May Father God, Yahweh, the God of Israel, bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord your Father lift you up by his countenance. And Father God is going to continue, his beloved child, to give you his peace. Revelation today for a brighter tomorrow. Find Discovering the Jewish Jesus on all your favorite social media outlets and stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier. If two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. 
Let our prayer team pray for you. Send us your prayer request today by visiting our website or writing to the address on the screen. Our prayer team lifts up every individual request before the Lord. And then, as God answers your prayer request, or if God has touched your life through discovering the Jewish Jesus, send us your testimony. We want to rejoice with you, and your testimony will encourage others. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. How can doing the will of God become food for our lives? In next week's episode, Rabbi explains how we can be fed by following the path he has laid for us.